This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at Mike C Tennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Joined by the always effervescent and enjoyable Blair Henley, uh, we're, we're going to do a little inside baseball today, Blair. Um, so I'm very excited to do this. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast. I waited far too long for this moment, Mike Cation. Yeah, Thank obviously. Uh, most people wait far too long for this honor, obviously. Um <laughs> First off, you've had a little bit of time away from the sport um, over the last couple of weeks. What has your time been like at home? It's been really good. I My last work trip was for Billie Jean King Cup, and then I had a one-day trip for a, a tennis charity event. But, but this is a, a long span at home for me, so it's always the combination of FOMO, because I miss my tennis people, I miss being around the action, all that good stuff but also trying to do all the things and start summer off on the right foot for my two kids and try to pack in all the things before I get crazy again on July 8th when I head to Newport. And it's, it's weird. I mean, you know, this like with time, it'd be nice if you could like bank it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but unfortunately once you're gone for a few days, it's like that two and a half months that you were home never happened. (laughs) It's like, this is a long time away. When are you coming home? Um, But yes, trying to do what I can to make this time at home memorable. Yeah. That's, that was the first area I wanted to talk about with you. Um, because you and you and I, uh, I hope you don't mind that I'm sharing this on the podcast. We do uh, voice note each other from time to time messages um, because you you and I are um, 
there there are a few of us who who have parenting responsibilities and have kind of this if you will part-time in and out type of a job within our sport um and and I know that it's something that is is difficult for me, especially I'm I'm a single parent, a divorced parent, however you want to call it, and so my time already with with my daughter Marnie is already a little bit limited. Um, how how do you make it so that when you do have these more difficult stretches, you have Cincinnati and the Open coming up in a couple of months. How do you? Make sure you find the good balance um, of making sure they understand you are there even when you're not. And, and how do you make sure that they always feel like mom is part of their lives? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I feel like I'm figuring it out as I go. <laughs> but I will tell you that I would not be doing this. And I didn't set out thinking I was going to do this for my mm -hmm. career. I am so thankful for the doors that have opened. Um, and, and that's a whole other story, but I, I didn't plan on this. And so I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, but the fact that I have my in-laws and my parents who are willing to help. And I have since met a couple of really tr trustworthy babysitters who can pitch in here or there that has made all the difference that most of that time is covered by family. Uh, are there still things that I have to let go? It might surprise some people to find out that I am a very, very rigid, some might say controlling <laughs> anal <laughs> type person. And there are certain things with raising kids that aren't going to be done maybe the way that you might when you're gone. And so, you know, as somebody who's watched Frozen one too many times or 27 too many times, I just have to let it go. And, and so that has probably been a good exercise for me, but family and, and a supportive husband has been key for sure. And how have you, how do you deal with um, something? I know I go through a lot, Blair, when, when it's day 12 of being on the road uh, and I've talked to my, I haven't been able to talk to my daughter for two or three days. Um, what, what do you do when that guilt kicks in? Um, I, and I think you even mentioned this to me on one of our various texts. It's it's a little bit different for a mom in our society and um, than it is for a dad. And I just wonder how you deal with that, especially when you always you do have to be always so happy and smiling on a microphone. But when you get back into the room and it's it's ten o'clock at night, you haven't talked to your kid. How do you deal with that? <sighs> If I felt like one of my girls was crying herself to sleep at night because she maybe didn't get to talk to me that day, I would feel worse. Mm. But I will, that is one of the benefits of having kids with their grandparents a lot of the time is that a lot of times they're, they are not. They are swimming. Um, they are having hamburgers at Whataburger. They are probably doing things I might not let them do. Um, and, and for the most part, having a great time. That might change down the road when school gets harder and their extracurriculars. I think that will be kind of a different phase when I'm, I'm feeling bad, you know, if they're playing in a tennis tournament mm -hmm. or in a swim meet or whatever it is, I think that that is probably what would really get to me. Um, but I trust whoever the caretakers are to let me know. I certainly try to call as much as I can, yeah. but to let me know if there is any sort of emotional instability <laughs> going on at home. And I am thankful to have, you know, again, amazing employers, really every place that I stop who, would say, yeah, sure, like go make a call or do whatever you need to do. 
Yeah, you you mentioned earlier the idea of FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, how are you balancing right now your career needs, career desires for upward mobility with with that idea of wanting to make sure, especially as the girls get a little bit older, that you do want to make sure you're there for the most important times in their lives? Yeah, that I don't know that I have mastered this. I it, I will say the one thing with being a freelancer and you know this too, Mike, there are a lot of things, you know, today I signed a contract, I printed it, signed it, scanned it, sent it back. I booked two flights. I sent flight options to another event. There are, are housekeeping items that <laughs> that are always sort of happening behind the scenes. Um, there are also networking things that are always happening behind the scenes. I will say the podcast world has, has been a great way to sort of stay in touch, whether it's talking about tennis on a podcast or listening to other people talk about tennis on a podcast. That helps me because what is hard is I don't get to sit down and watch a ton of tennis. Yes. We are going to swim team. We yes. are, you know, going to visit grandma and grandpa. We are, there are things that we are doing during the day and sitting and watching tennis. So they are starting to embrace that a little bit more during yes. the European swing. They, they like being able to try to tell the, you know, tell the score it's deuce, you know, yeah, what, yeah. or whatever it is, or who's this person playing. But for the most part, I am not sitting down analyzing tennis matches. And so yeah, I, I, I do the best I can, and I am mentally preparing for the fact that once Newport starts, even though there's a little bit of a break between Newport and Cincy, it's, it's you know, lights out for right. about a month and a half. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's interesting way to transition into kind of this next idea that the idea of relevancy, Blair, um, we, we have that challenge of, of parenting. We also, um, you, you are a little bit younger than me. I, I went and checked uh, at the, the Rice website to see exactly when you played, uh, just so I knew your age, because it's always improper to actually ask there, Blair. But I, we're, we're at that point, Mike. You yes. can ask my age. <laughs> but you, you and I are of the same-ish generation, um, Blair, and you have social media responsibilities often. Um, I think more people kind of know you for your on screen or on court stuff, but you also have that social media relevancy that is is necessary today. Um, and I and I guess where does that come from? So that you are kind of understanding what is still um, Im important in the lives of say 22, 23 year old men and women, um, and and also the social media landscape that you always have to be a part of. Yes, I have had to sort of let go of always feeling like I'm plugged in, in in terms of social media. I definitely try to be following it, though, because there is no better source of random tidbits that you never know when they could come in handy in a post-match interview or in a social media interview. So I definitely always try to be following along. Thanks to all of you tennis Twitter stalwarts who <laughs> keep me posted. Um but there's just no way for me personally to be making content even when I'm not on the road. And I have had to, that's just one of the things I've had to sort of give up and just be like, okay, this is probably at least at this point in my life, not going to be something I can keep up with. What I will say though, as you mentioned, keeping in touch with the younger generation, mm -hmm. the, the cool kids, yeah. um, I think it's so important. Uh, I, I think in sort of the generation and I don't want to speak, I don't want to make a blanket statement here, but I think in the generation that's maybe one step older than we are, mm -hmm. 
there's maybe a little bit more of a disconnect. And as things change in the social media world, I want to make sure I am staying up with the latest, I don't know, way to do a reel or the TikTok trends or which players are trying out different areas in social media. Just so, because I think I haven't seen it as much as I might've hoped at this point, but I feel like (laughs) maybe this is naive, but some of the big network coverage is going to continue to connect more with that social media world to where there is sort of, it's not the digital and broadcast they're, they're one. Um, And I think that I I hope it moves more and more in that direction. It's definitely moved some, but I think with some of the tennis coverage that we see at the slams, things just haven't changed in a long time. And, and I like to think that one day somebody's going to say, Hey, you have this knowledge of both things. (laughs) Maybe this could be helpful to us because I just feel like there is room for that broadcast arena to grow if they could connect with, you know, what, what probably the executives are thinking is the kids on social media. Um, so yes, as a long answer to say, I think it's just so important to be up with what, what the young ones are doing, because it's, it's going to all be one at some point. It's uh, the, which was it Madrid that had the Twitch channel, the Twitch yes. broadcast that was Madrid, right? Mm-hmm. I it. found that to be fabulously interesting because those interviews were so different than what you and I are, I guess, traditionally have to do post-match, right? It was so odd and kind of young and weird and different and just like, I don't know, the the ESPN morning talk show kind of thing where it's just like yelling at each other, but also there's Rafa. And it's, yes. I don't think Rafa has any idea what the hell's going on there, but that's a different story. Um, and, and and on top of it, I you and I have both also seen, and you, you may have created in, in those media days where you have to do a TikTok with like flipping, flipping Tsitsipas here and it's just like so forced and awkward and it's just like, how do you make that organic? How do you make it, you, you know what I mean? So it's not just like, okay, well, look, I've roped in Fernando Verdasco to come do, I don't jiggle, jiggle, you know, I fold or whatever, you know, and it's just like, what, really? This is what we got Verdasco here, you know? So how do you do that? I need you to do, I don't jiggle, jiggle. (laughs) That is what, that is what we need to see. I will say the one thing that I have, I don't know if learned is the right word. I've just sort of observed it. You can think you have the best idea for a social concept and it falls flat on its face. And you can make something that took five minutes off the cuff. You had, you were waiting for a player to do an interview, which is, you know, three-fourths of our job is waiting for tennis players to do interviews. Um, And that is the thing that gets 500,000 views. Uh, An example of that was Andy Murray. Granted, it's Andy Murray, who is is social media golds. No matter what he's doing, he could be standing there staring at a wall. But I think that was our most viewed bit of social media output at Cincy last year was him squeegeeing the courts. Um, was a real, it was a real of him squeegeeing the courts. Um, and thanks to our, our friend Heather Crowley for seeing that opportunity and throwing up a reel within five minutes. And it was, it was the best thing that we did all week. I don't think there's a formula. So I think you could think you're setting it up and it's not going to look organic and well, you're just going to have to give a player very specific instructions and hope that they can execute. They might execute 
and it's awesome. They might struggle. They might look like a robot and it's awesome. You, I just feel like there is no formula for what does well on social. And so you just have to just, you know, the proverbial throw things and see what sticks. So that's where I'm actually, it's like you followed my outline for today's interview just <laughs> perfectly well. Thank you so much, Blair. Um, I'm struggling with that personally. So this is this is where we make this podcast about me, Blair, uh, as opposed to the guest on the show. Um, I, I think I'm having a tough time because I I do see that from a lot of people right now who are in the tennis Twitter world who are, um, if you will, personalities in media, some way, not just fans. I don't want to marginalize them, but more. I don't want to name names, so I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it. Um, but th this idea that I have to put every single thought on there, I have to put every single photo I take up on Instagram, I have to make reels four times a day, and I worry, and maybe this makes me old, Blair, but how do you find substance when it's just constant blah, 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 blah. and just like <laughs> it's all out there all being thrown against the wall when there's the idea of like again this is my generation but like substance matters like the the actual factual stuff matters how how do you find that balance uh, especially you and I are in kind of that same boat of we want to move up within our tennis broadcasting world of relevance but also like making sure it's quality. I like it when uh, hashtag content has educational purpose. And that could be educational as far as I'm telling someone who knows nothing about tennis, why they should care about Yulia Putin-Seva. Mm. Or for instance, um, a player that I met for the first time in Houston, you know where this is going. I sent you this reel yesterday, mm -hmm. Max Purcell, um, best hair in tennis after JJ Wolf retired his mullet. Rest um, in peace mullet. I, <laughs> Max Purcell's curly mullet is excellent. And he made a reel with, I think it was his girlfriend texting him, mm -hmm. asking him to slice bread and he said i mean i can but i don't know what good that's gonna do cut to him hitting a slice on a grass court to a loaf of bread that then exploded all over the court yes that is that educational in the traditional sense no is that educational to for somebody who has never met max purcell who is now like, he's a total goofball yes. and I love it. And I can't wait until the next time I get to go cheer on, cheer him on, on the tennis court. Yeah. And so I think the educational side of things can, can span a, a range of purposes. Mm. Um, but I like it when, whether it's, you know, me educating somebody about tennis or a player educating people about their personality. I, I really like that. I mean, I am never, and if this ever happens to me, Mike, just send me, send me texts on the side and Done. be like, remember when we talked about this, but my brand, I just can't, I am, I don't know, maybe one day I'll have to talk to the camera, like talk to my phone or selfie myself a lot. I just, and I do occasionally cause it's part of the job. It makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> and so I do think there is an element of it's so cheesy, but the staying true to yourself and what you like, um, 
And I think it's pretty clear if somebody's doing something that they like, and it also helps when you're creating it. Yes. If I didn't like, cause you're not going to hit a home run every time you could get five likes. And so if you like doing it, at least that's going to sustain you when, you know, you're on a like drought or whatever you want, to, <laughs> however you want to describe it, you know? I do. Um, yes. I'm, I'm, I've, I've hit a point Blair personally where I am actually trying to stay away from social media like totally when I'm at home, like I'm, I'm gone. I, I I'm on the road the same time you are in a couple of weeks uh, to the week of July 11th. You're going to be in Newport. I'm going to be in Rome, Georgia. And, uh, it's like, I, I, I know Wimbledon's going to be happening. Obviously uh-huh. it's going to be a very unique Wimbledon. Uh, sure. but like, I kind of want to, I'm going to let the journalists who are there tell the stories. Mm-hmm. I'm happy if there's some kind of, you know, maybe if I can pop in and provide some sort of relevance, maybe, Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of happy just being at home and playing with my kid. Yes. I And I will say, too, though, the weight that has been put on someone who has a following when it comes to hires is actually a little depressing. It is. It really is. <laughs> um, and and so, yes, we could talk about all this from a love of a love of the content creation perspective. But in reality, there's there's also an aspect of it that is just making sure you can maintain some sort of following or grow your following, not necessarily because you want to, but because, <laughs> because right. you know that potential employers are looking to see whether or not you have a following that you can promote the three o'clock match between, I don't know, um, <laughs> pick one of the three o'clock matches or, or the 11, the first on matches that you that you promoted in the last week in Orlando. Yeah. That is that is a value add, and I get why it's a value add. I just don't think it should be more than a value add than the person's actual talent level or ability level, because not everyone. It's just not going to be everyone's thing, and that doesn't mean that they're not. They wouldn't be amazing or far better than someone who had a following plus mediocre talent level. Yeah, see, that's that's exactly where I think we're headed. Mm-hmm. Is um, while while I am all for the idea of. Um, the, the Twitch type of broadcasts and incorporating that more, as you said, just bringing the social with the, the broadcast side together. I'm a little bit worried we're not developing necessarily the best talent to showcase our game. I think there's too often showcasing those individuals, those people, instead of the tennis players who are the ones that actually make things relevant. Yeah, it's it's a fine line. And that is just where you and eventually it's going to be that the people in charge are people who are just as familiar as we are. And not to say that I'm an expert by any means, but I'm at least semi plugged into the the social sphere. But it just if, if somebody doesn't know is not plugged into the social world and you see somebody who comes along and this is not a knock. You could be a super talented person with 50,000 followers, but that's not always the case. And so you just, I, you just hope that whoever's making the decisions is employing some level of um, discretion (laughs) that they're actually looking at the product versus what the product can offer in terms of exposure. I sure hope so, Blair. <laughs> a lot of heavy nodding going on right now. <laughs> how's, how's your neck feeling? A lot of, uh, lot of 
there. I got to be honest. My neck feels absolutely terrible from have, wearing a headset for two straight weeks. My neck feels terrible. It's my just, God. Hmm. That's, that's a social uh, hazard, social, a, a work hazard for sure. It is. Um, I want to wrap up by, um, this is a kind of a delicate question, Blair. Um, you have showcased your your kids um, from time to time in their, their funny moments on, on your socials. Um, and I, I'm, I only do once a year, uh, with, with Marnie. I only actually show, show her once a year on her birthday. Um, and it's because it's, I'm, I'm a little protective of Marnie and, um, I know you are protective of the girls as well. How do you balance that level when you do have such a large following to kind of show what's your, what is your home life like? And especially the girls as they are continuing to grow. I... I don't know. Am I, I don't, I'm sure I'm not doing this perfectly. I'm sure ideally they would maybe never be on social. I don't know that it's such a good question. Um, I, I do not have a large following on Instagram. I pretty much have separated Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is where my family stuff is mm. uh, on Twitter. I'm fairly sure based on, well, I, I'm fairly sure there are, <laughs> there are people who have no idea I am married or have children uh, on Twitter. So I, <laughs> um, I, I have kept the kids on Instagram. So there is some separation there. Yeah. Um, other than that, in terms of, of frequency, I just, I am always of the mindset that why would anybody care about my kids? They're my kids. And so some, some other people don't feel that way. It's like, I, <laughs> I don't think I, I, I love my kids and I yeah, think yeah. they're cute. I don't expect other people to think they're the cutest things ever. And so I just never want to inundate yeah. people with that. Cause I'm like, this is fun to me. There's no, why, why this is not something that some people would find or that anybody would find interesting except for me. Yeah. Um, some people have less of a filter when it comes to that. It's just all the things go up there. Yes. Um, and I <laughs> try to just, the, the things that I think are funny. And that's why most of the content of the kids is, except for birthdays, yes. is humorous, at least to me, where the I'm like, lizards. this is my smile. Yes, <laughs> lizards. We have, we have two animal lovers at home and we, as of today, have a dove that has built a nest in our backyard tree. Um, thoughts, thoughts and prayers to the doves. We have had babies snatched from a nest um, in our backyard previously. Do you oh, also have a nest, Mike? Literally, I can see it right right there. I can see the, the mom and the two babies. How exciting. Right I, I do have to tell you, this is, this is like inside joke. Sorry, everybody on the podcast. But uh, all of the tadpoles we were raising, they all died while I was gone on my last trip. There were like, there was one that had even turned into a frog and, um, uh, Marnie came over one day while I was gone and she said all of them were gone. I don't know what happened. I don't know if something got in there and ate them. Those who don't know, we're just taking a hard right turn here, but Mike has, uh, Mike spent a lot of time, um, raising, caring for, uh, nurturing the tadpoles. Um, at least you didn't buy them from the store, Mike, which is what. We did and had a giant, I mean, it had legs. We were like, we're in the clear uh, after like four months of changing the water every three days. 
This, we also did not make it. So this is I'm the sorry. only podcast that could go from like tennis stuff to, to tadpole, the raising tadpoles. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, any, any, I have two wannabe veterinarians in the house and I am not one. So I, <laughs> I will talk about, I have more animal, animal stuff coming in and out Same. of the house, animals, bugs. Same. Not, not ideal. Same. Um, but yeah, lots, lots of that going on. Okay. Last, last question, Blair. Wimbledon picks. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Okay. I was, who Mike. Okay. Let me start on the men's side. Yeah. I am going to pick. <laughs> I'm tempted to say Nick Curios. I know. I, I, <laughs> I, I love an outlandish pick, you know, because if you take that's that's the secret to making picks. Right. Because nobody's going to remember it if you're wrong, but if you're right, with the outlandish pick, you are a genius. Correct. Um, we'll say Nick is my backup, but I'm going to go with Rafa for the first three legs of the Grand Slam. Wow. Okay. I, uh, and I, I don't know if you just, know this. He's playing with a dead foot. He, it is. It is dead. But or is it? I have questions. I know you do. You think he's. You know, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were making mention of how he always manages to like kind of distract and. Well, not even that. He's. I will say he's. I hang really quickly. Rafa yes. is just a master at believably. Like every time at the beginning of the tournament, I'm like, oh, Rafa, right. not not looking good. Why do I do it every time? I should know better by now. It's because Rafa is so great at setting the bar low for himself. Yes. That is not a knock on Rafa. It's right. brilliant. I I. It's brilliant. We should do it for um, ourselves. <laughs> what I will say my one question on Rafa's foot, which I need to do more research and get it cleared up. Yeah. Why if, the, cause I read about this treatment that he's having done the radio frequency, whatever he had done uh, post RG. Yeah. It's, it's not brand new. And if this foot issue, and it, it also has fairly immediate effects. I'm confused as to why, and maybe this isn't the first time he's done it. But I'm thinking, why Why are we just doing this now if this has been available? Um, so I, and again, I we nobody is ever going to know Rafa's full medical history. Um, yes. So I'm sure I will probably never get an answer to that unless somebody's like, you idiot, which is another thing social media is good yes. for, for people yes. to just say, you idiot. Yes. Get that a lot. <laughs> but that's actually just for my child. Go on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and then I'm... This is like, this is not my usual interesting picks, but I'm, I'm also going to go Iga yeah. on grass. I think she's going to figure, cause she, she was great on grass as a junior. Right. She hasn't necessarily had great results as you know, in her professional career, but I just think it's, it's a matter of time. I, I fully agree, but I'm going to go Novak. I, I think he's, I think he's good now. I think he's got the matches under his belt. I think he's fine. And I think, I think Rafa's foot is dead. I think it's dead. <laughs> I just think I just think it's dead, and at some point, it's going to stop working. There's only so yeah. much you can do. That is the danger, you know. That's what happened as a Yankees fan. Grew up, spent part of my childhood in New York, and Derek Jeter in the last year and a half of his career, mm -hmm. that's kind. Of, he had an ankle issue yeah. and was shooting it up and. <laughs> pretty much the inside of his ankle like disintegrated while he couldn't feel any pain right and it was that was it granted he was 38 anyway he wasn't going to play for much longer but 
yeah, you're you're playing as people have established. You're playing with fire if you are numbing a part of your body and you know playing on it like nothing is wrong. Right. It's just kind of like my soul. It just kind of disintegrated over the last several years. Uh, speaking of which, as I let you go and and I have to go pick up my daughter from uh, summer camp, the next time you do a TikTok, um, can you please refrain from including Christopher Eubanks um, because the ego boost that that gave him was just like it took him to an insufferable level when he did come back and join us at, at our challengers again. He's like, oh, I'm going to Blair Henley TikTok over, buddy. <laughs> oh, Christopher Eubanks. Uh, no, that was, he was, um, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but that was for sure the highlight of that segment. It really also was. the fact that Coco, who was mentioned in Chris's segment in said TikTok, if you haven't seen it, best of luck finding it. I... <laughs> It's buried somewhere in my social media, but Coco was mentioned in Chris's segment and on the mic at Indian Wells. She's like, I loved your TikTok, by the way. And she's like, oh, this is on. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, Coco, thank you. But yes, the microphone is on. Um, but anyway, I, it was it was a joy. I had some people think that I should get fired for that TikTok. And I have had some players say, can I be in your next one? So just not just not not Chris. Okay, not Chris. I have to come up with more content if I do Chris again. So that's a little extra work for me. He'll have to pay me extra. He doesn't have that kind of money. I know yeah, that. Now that. Oh, yes, Tennis that Channel money. Broadcaster, he'll have to pay me more. Blair, thank you. Mike, thank you. Let's do it again. Okay. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 